Wow, that song is profound. You may be seated. United Youth, you are dismissed if you haven't already left. Thank you, Pastor Ben. So will I. <laughs> so will I. That is so good. Oh, I'm excited. Ooh, I'm excited. <laughs> I know some of you are looking at me like I'm crazy, but I am excited. Ah, well, I get to do this. I'm so excited. <laughs> Who remembers last Sunday? <laughs> I love my church. Pastor Juan got up here and he was on fire. <laughs> Wasn't that fun? I'll tell you what. I was up here last week, and it was electric in here. Electric. I just didn't know even what to do with myself. I mean, I had so much pent-up Jesus. I just, I knew why Juan started singing. Because it was this pent-up Jesus that just had to come out. It was such a good morning. Oh, and I love that song. That's so good. Well, we're going to have a good morning. We're going to have a good morning because God's in the house. It's always good when he's in the house. And I am so excited. So, thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I just want to take a moment to talk to you, to recognize you, to ask you to help me. I want to follow you well in Jesus' name. So I have something stirring in me this morning, and I believe that it's a prophetic word for the house. Um, what do I mean when I say a prophetic word? Prophetic, very simple, very simple definition. Prophetic is simply what God is saying, okay? And I believe God has, like that song, kept saying a million and a billion. I think God has a billion things to say over us. His thoughts toward us are endless, the scriptures say. He's constantly thinking about us. He has good plans and purpose over us. And he has something to say to us this morning. So I believe that I've tapped into one of those things that he wants to say to us. And I'm very excited this morning to share it with you. And so I, I pray and I trust that the scripture says a prophetic word is supposed to strengthen, encourage, and comfort. So I pray and trust that that's what's going to happen today. God is going to strengthen, encourage, and comfort us this morning. Amen? So... We're just, we're still getting to know each other, right? I've done this one other time. This is my second time. I'm really excited. Yeah, woo! <laughs> so, God speaks to me. And we talked about that last time I was here. <laughs> and it's really funny because that 
I, I, I made that statement. God talks. He talks to his children. The scripture is clear in John. My sheep hear and know my voice. Okay? So God, this isn't something new. <laughs> it's in his word. And that next week, we had in the media, I won't mention any names, but we had in the media where somebody was making fun of people who say they hear God. Do you remember? I won't mention names. <laughs> and I had a friend, my friend Laura. She's like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Did you see what so-and-so said? I won't mention any names. But it, it happened that week, and I just thought that was really funny. But anyway, God speaks to me. I have been a believer for 30 years. I've learned in 30 years what God's voice is like, okay? And some of you, you want that. You want to you hear God. And one of the things I say to people is, if you steward this, the written word, as you steward this, the written word, God will begin to speak to you in your heart, in your mind your thoughts, but you have to steward this first. Jesus said this. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I like to say, if you've read this, you've heard the Father. So you have to start here. Amen. It's good. Start here. Start here. And, and how much should you start here? Daily. This is a daily thing. Why do I know that? How do I know that? Because the scripture says that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, when he said that, he was talking about manna. Man does not live by manna alone. And the story of manna is that the Israelites had to go out and get manna every day. Every day. If they took more for the next day, it would go rotten. So every day they had to go out and collect their manna. Every day... We have to go and collect our manna. Okay? So, I said all that to say that we can hear God. We can hear him. He wants to speak to his children. Not just me, not just your pastors, but you. So if you're new in this, read this. And then get a mature believer and begin to practice and say, hey, I think God spoke this to me. And tell your mature believer friend, this is what I think he said. What do you think? Do you think I heard God? And that's the way you're going to start to grow. Pull somebody in the journey with you to help you so you can sort things out. The first time God spoke to me was really wild. It was in the season of revival, and for the first time, I heard God 
it blew my mind. Blew my mind. It so scared me. It freaked me out. I was in a church service, and there was a young girl, and she was at the altar, and she was worshiping the Lord, and the Lord said to me, her name is Jennifer, go pray for her. Whoa. What? I didn't know her name. I, didn't, I, I knew her to see her, but I didn't know her know her. And I was scared to death. I did not pray for her. But God has a way of orchestrating our lives. I walked out. At that time, it was where the kids are. In that, in that part of the building, I walked out, straight out the doors. I walk out, and she's sitting there with her little sister, and her little sister goes like this, Jen, real loud, and hits her. And I'm like, that was her name. It really was God. And I was so scared. <laughs> but God wants to speak to us. And so he speaks to me. That was a long way around to say he speaks to us. And he speaks to me. And in our journey here, God spoke something to me. And it was for me. But I got to tell you, and I probably will say this a few times. I've noticed in my life as a pastor's wife that God will take my life and make it a parallel to the church. Now, that's not fun. It's not fun. <laughs> when God takes your life and makes it an example for what he wants to do in the church. I don't always enjoy that. But it is the case. And we find it in the life of Hosea. Now, I do not equate myself with the prophet Hosea. <laughs> I just want to make that clear. But Hosea was asked of God to be a prophet. And the Lord said, I am going to prophesy through your life. And he said, I want you to go and I want you to marry a prostitute because this relationship, Hosea, with you and the prostitute is going to speak to my people on how they treat me, God. So God used the life, the life of Hosea to prophesy. And I know that there are things, there are seasons that when I go through them, not all the time, but often, when I go through it, I know this is going to be for the church. So you're welcome. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. So, anyway, okay. We hear God. So, I'm at, the, I'm at the first river service of the year, okay? And I'm in this area, and worship was awesome, presence of the Lord. The worship is always awesome here, 
It's always good here. <laughs> and I'm right here, and I hear the Lord say, look up. So I look up. I literally look up. Nothing happens. So eventually my gaze goes down because there's nothing to see, just some lights. And I hear it again after a little while. Look up. I look up. Nothing's going on. I'm waiting to see something, but nothing's going on. Eventually I look forward again. I hear it two more times. Look up and nothing. Okay, so that was a Friday. I don't even understand it. I'm like, okay, Lord, whatever that was, whatever. So that was a Friday. The next Tuesday, I'm in a meeting, and we're brand new here, and this is the first meeting of its kind, and I won't go into the details except to say I know my personality. I've, I'm one that, I'm one of those weird ones that studies my personality <laughs> so I can know myself better. And I could feel myself shrinking in and losing self-confidence. I won't go into why I felt that way, but I begin to feel myself pulling in and going inward. And I was losing confidence. And I could feel it. And I didn't like it. I didn't like it. So, you know, I'm, I'm talking to God. I'm always talking to God. He is my inner voice. I'm always talking to him. And, you know, I'm, I'm saying, Lord, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like this feeling. I don't like this. And in the meeting, worship begins to happen. And it's good, and the presence of God is there. And in his presence, the Lord gives me this prophetic word for me. And I believe that I am to release this prophetic word now over you, the church. And he speaks this to me, and I've been chewing on this since January for the last four months now. And he says this. He says, look up. Look up and keep looking up. I know your heart is humble before me, but this is a season for you to look up. You must walk as David, even though spears were thrown his way. Saul was small in his own eyes, so he threw spears. David was small in his eyes too, but he always looked up. He looked up to where his help comes from. As you look up and not down or within, I will make you a king in the eyes of the people. And that is okay if you remain humble. In the quiet place, when it's you and me, you will be small in your eyes. You are exactly where I want you, exactly where I need you. Be confident in me and my plan and my purpose. Amen. So God was telling me, look, this is not a season for you to shrink back. You need to hold your head high 
But the only way you can hold your head high and not walk in pride is if you look to me. So any time in this last four months when I feel myself shrinking back, I remember those words, look up, look up. And so that was a Tuesday. I'm in this every day. I read through the Bible in a year. So my scheduled reading for that Wednesday, my scheduled reading, I didn't hook this up, God did. God orchestrated this. The next day, I am in my reading, Genesis 24, and I'm reading this story. And in this story, it's about Abraham, and he has a son now, Isaac, and he wants to find Isaac a bride. And he says to his servant, I want you to go find me a bride for my son Isaac. But I don't want a bride for him from the pagans. I want you to go to my family's home and find a cousin, a relative for my son. And so the servant goes on his way. God sets it up. He prays prayers. God sets it up. And he brings back Rebekah for Isaac to marry from his family. And this is what I'm reading. And as I get to verse 63, it says this. He went out to the field, he being Isaac, one evening to meditate. And as he looked up, say look up, he saw camels approaching. Rebecca also looked up, say look up, and saw Isaac. She got down from her camel and asked the servant, who is that man in the field coming to meet us? He is my master, the servant answered. So, so she took her veil and covered herself. Then the servant told Isaac all he had done. Isaac brought her into the tent of his mother Sarah and he married Rebecca. So she became his wife and he loved her and Isaac was comforted until his mother's death. So in my next day reading, twice is the phrase, look up. Twice, look up. God can do this for you. I'm not special. He can do this for you. How good is God to take not only what he's saying, but confirm it with his word. So God starts downloading. Boom, 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 boom. That's a new term. We didn't say that, you know, until like the 1990s. Download. It's like, boom, you got the file. It just happened like that. So I want to talk to you from this, and I want to pull out what I believe God is saying to us from this scripture, because it's so good, it's so powerful, and it's a prophetic word for us right now, for Victory Christian Center, for you personally too. So first off, I want to say this. 
that Isaac was in the field meditating. This is where it begins. Isaac is in the field meditating. He's thinking. And he's thinking about his life. He's thinking about his father's life. He's thinking about the journey. He's thinking about the fact that my father Abraham, he left it all to follow you. Put on your spiritual ears and eyes. I'm going to speak symbolically. You need to hear me. My father Abraham left everything to follow after you. And he loved you. He loved you so much that he was willing to sacrifice me on the altar for you. And Isaac is thinking about this. He's thinking about his father's sacrifice. He's thinking about the promise of God that God said, Abraham, I'm going to turn you into a mighty nation. He's thinking about the fact that God has this promise yet to be fulfilled, but yet he wants to fulfill it through his own life. Isaac is thinking about now, not only about the past, but now he's thinking about, my father sent for a bride for me, and a bride is coming. See, two weeks ago, we thought about the past when Bishop stood here. He thought about it, and we talked about it. We talked about the sacrifice. We talked about the journey. But we don't stop there. We have to be like Isaac, and we have to say, not only is it about the past, but it's also about my bride coming. So Isaac was in a place of meditation. He was in a place of prayer. Victory Christian Center, if we want to position ourselves well, we have to get into a position of prayer, a place of prayer. I know that's not popular, but we need to get into a place of prayer. When we get into a place of prayer, that's when we see. That's when we look up. And that's when he was there in a place of prayer. I want to point that out, and I want to point out the fact that Rebecca, she was willing to go and leave it all. Are you seeing with eyes of, of faith and understanding, spiritual eyes? Put on your spiritual eyes. Rebecca was willing to go. She was willing to leave it all. She was willing to leave it all and go. So Isaac is there, and two things happen. The two look-ups, the first is Isaac sees the camels. He looks up and sees the camels approaching. Camels in the scripture are so full of symbolism. The first symbolic meaning of, cam of camels is provision. So Isaac is there, and he sees the camels, camels approaching. Camels symbolize provision. Can we look up and see the provision of God in this season, Victory Christian Center? Can we see the provision of God on the horizon, on the way, approaching us? And secondly, it's so powerful because these were Isaac's camels. 
He sent them out to go get his bride. He sent the camels out. And now the camels are returning back. Someone needs to get this into their spirit. We as a church, you as an individual, we have sent camels out. How many camels have we sent out? We sent out Columbiana camels. We sent out New Wilmington camels. We sent out Boardman camels. I'm telling you, church, we're in a season for the camels to start returning. The things we have sent out are coming back. In Jesus' name, I don't mean people. I'm talking symbolically. And you personally, you have let go. You have released. You have let them go to God. And God is saying, I'm returning things back to you. I am returning back to you what you let go to me. We are in a season of return. Why do I say that? We have returned. We are a prophetic sign. My husband and I are a prophetic sign that there is a return coming. Grab hold of this. Grab hold of it. You let something go. It's coming back. Begin to pray. Begin to pray into this. We are in a season of return. The camels, look up. If you look up, you'll see the camels. The camels, the scripture says that he sent out 10 camels. 10 in the scriptures is a test. 10 is a test. He was testing you when you let them go. He was testing you as you released it. And God is saying you, you passed the test. And the fourth is these camels represent the promise of God. The promise of God returning to you. Oh, the promise of God. How many promises hover over this house? How many promises hover over you? Here the camels are coming. And they're bringing the promise of the bride. The bride was so important for Isaac, for the promise of God, because God was going to make them into a great nation. Isaac needed a bride, and he needed an offspring. And this is the beginning of the promise coming to him, being fulfilled in his life. Get excited. The promises are coming in. The promises are coming in. The promises are returning to you. Hallelujah. And then Isaac looks up and he sees the camels. And Rebecca looks up and she sees Isaac. And Isaac represents a new thing for Rebecca, a new thing, a new relationship, a new identity, a new future. See, 
I, when I got married, be, before I got married, I was Deidre Zetz, the daughter of George and Denise Zetz. Do you know this day, I am still the daughter of George and Denise Zetz? But my name is no longer Deidre Zetz. It's Deidre Rivera. Because although this identity will always remain, I will always be the daughter of George and Denise Zetz. My identity has grown. It has grown. So I am not just the daughter of George and Denise Zetz. Now I am the wife of Juan Rivera. And I am not just now the wife of Juan Rivera, but I am the mother of Denise, Olivia, and Hadessa because my identity when I was 12 was here. It was here. It was just here. But as I've grown, as life has come, my identity has grown. And I've taken on more identity, new identity. And I want to say that to Victory Christian Center. Your identity is growing in this season. It is growing. It is expanding. It is enlarging. It's okay. It's okay. I will always be the daughter of George and Denise Zetz. But now I am the wife of Juan Rivera. Somebody get that in your spirit. God is growing our identity. He is stretching us and expanding our borders. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing. It means he's growing us. He's growing us. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19 says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Perceive it. Perceive it, people of God. Perceive what God is doing. So what was their response? I have five minutes to close this up. Hallelujah. What was their response? Rebecca got down from her camel, veiled herself. She, she got down and she veiled herself. Three things, humility, modesty, and submission. I need another three weeks. <laughs> humility, modesty, and submission was her response to what she saw. I don't think that I need to expound on humility. But let me expound on modesty for a second because we're not a culture who cares much about modesty anymore. But see, she covered herself, which in that day was a form of modesty. The purpose and point of modesty is that I value you and your relationship with God. And that's more important to me than any kind of self-expression. See, in the kingdom, we give away those rights. In the kingdom of God, we give away those rights. And modesty is about valuing you. And I'm not just talking about modesty, how you dress. 
valuing each other is a part of the kingdom of God. There's so many different things we could talk about. The drinking of alcohol and other things that, that I won't do because I value you. It has nothing to do with me. It's how I value you. And that's what she did here. She valued him. And she covered herself. And she submitted to him. That's, an, that's another dirty word in our culture right now. That is a dirty word, submission. Come on, Victory Christian Center, if we want to be all that God wants us to be, we must be a church that knows how to submit to one another. And I will submit to my husband, and I tell you what, when my husband knows I'm stronger than him in a certain area, he will submit to me. But I live a life of submission to him. I live a life of submission to him, and I'm not ashamed of it because that is the example of the Godhead. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, do you know that they mutually submit to one another? They mutually submit to one another. We all know Jesus submitted when he came as a man, died on a cross. Scripture is clear. He submitted. He became obedient, obedient unto death. But do you know that the father submits to the son? How, do I, how does he submit? Let me put you into a little secret in the scripture where it says that the father has given Jesus the highest name, the name above every other name. He had the highest name. Before the obedience of Jesus, the father God had the highest name. And because of Jesus' obedience, the father submitted to Jesus. How powerful is that? Mutual submission. The Holy Spirit submits to the Father and the Son because he initiates nothing. He only proceeds from the Father. He proceeds. He goes from God. This is so important that we understand that God in the Trinity, the beauty of them, they mutually submit to one another. They are our great example. And so we must submit to one another. Let me tell you, I know my place. But I also know that if we start talking finances, I will submit to Vicki Gonzalez. And she will, in, in exchange, mutually submit to Juan and I. But I will submit to her if she says, well, this is this and this is that. I care about what she says. It's the same if I had some kind of idea that I wanted to do something back with the kids' room. I would submit to Michael Jurgen, Pastor Michael. Why? Because he's our leader back there. He knows more than I do about the kids' ministry. And so I would give him my input, but I would expect his input. And I would listen, and I would take it in. Because I know how to mutually submit. I know how to submit, and we must do that together as a church. We must learn to submit one to another. 
This is our response. Humility, modesty, submission. And then finally, Isaac. What was his response? He brought her into his mother's tent. He married her and he loved her. I want you to see the progression of that. He received her. He committed to her. And then he loved her. See, in our American westernized philosophy, we need to love something before we receive it and commit to it. We have to love it first. But that's not God's plan. That wasn't his plan for me. If I had to love this first, I would not be here. But I received it by faith. I received it. And then after I received it, I committed to it. Yes, God. Yes, God. I commit to it. And I'm happy to say that after I've received it and committed to it, oh, I love it. I love it. I love this house. I love who you are. I love who God has made us to be. But in the kingdom, we have to receive it first. We don't love it first. We receive it first. Then we commit to it. And then we love it. That's the kingdom of God. And that's what Isaac did. That was his response. He received it. He committed to it. And then he loved it. Are you ready? Are you ready for all that God has for us? It's time to receive it. Receive what he's doing in this hour. Look up. I'm going to read this one last time. And this time, it's a prophetic word over you. It's not what he said to me. It's a prophetic word over you. Because God is taking you. He's taking this house and he's taking you individually into places, into people's lives. He's taking you higher. He's giving you promotion. Receive it, commit to it, and love it. Look up and keep looking up. I know your heart is humble before me, but this is a season for you to look up. You must walk as David. Even though spears were thrown his way, Saul was small in his own eyes, so he threw spears. David was small in his eyes too, but he always looked up. He looked up to where his help comes from. As you look up and not down or within, I will make you a king in the eyes of the people. And that is okay if you remain humble in the quiet place. When it's you and me, you will be small in your eyes. You are exactly where I want you, exactly where I need you. Be confident in me and my plan and purpose. This is over you. This is a prophetic word over your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead and stand up. If we could have the altar team come on up. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord. Victory Christian Center, are you ready? Are you ready? We're going to fill these seats. We're going to get so filled with God and the Holy Spirit that we're just going to ooze everywhere we go. We are going to ooze Jesus everywhere we go. And because of your faithfulness to him, he will promote you. He is doing that in this season. This is not a future faraway word. Somebody grab hold of this. This is not a future faraway word. This is a now word. And this depends on you. Will you grab hold? Will you grab hold? Will you believe it with all your heart? Will you step into the season of God? So we've assembled our prayer team here. And our prayer team here is to do the work of the ministry of Jesus. To lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. Okay? They're, they are excited to pray with you this morning. Because they believe that God wants to touch your needs. So if you need something today after I dismiss you, please come down and get prayed for. We all need prayed for. I get so blessed when somebody says, I'm praying for you, because we all need prayer. So take a moment and come down front. These people are powerful, and they've been praying for you, and they want to pray for you this morning. And I'm get, I get to bless you. Take hold of this word. Believe it. Believe it. Believe that God is taking us somewhere. He's taking us higher. He's doing it right now. So Victory Christian Center, I bless you in the name of our elder brother, beautiful Jesus. I bless you that you will look up and not within. You will look up and not down. You will put your shoulders back and your head held high knowing who your God is, knowing where your help comes from. You will have eyes to see what he's doing in this season and you will come up higher. You will come up higher into all of his plan and purpose over your life and over the life of this church. In Jesus' name, Amen. I bless you this morning. Bless you. Love you.